0: Clock a.m., and you are watching the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. My name is Craig Chamberlain. Thank you for joining us today. The topic that was selected by the community yesterday is I haven't failed, I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. We're going to unpack that today and kind of dig deeper into it. If you have any questions or thoughts, make sure you share them in the comment section during the live stream. You can always share your comments before the live stream as well. We'll talk about them at the discussion time of the podcast. Before we actually move into that, though, let's take a second to talk about Audible. If you're like me and you love reading or even the idea of reading, but don't have time because you have a spouse, kids, full-time job, and crazy time-consuming hobbies, then I have good news for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. Now you can pop in your earbuds and play that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge right from your Android or Apple device. And now, for a limited time, you can get your first Audible audiobook completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. More than enough time to finish that first book. And if you're dissatisfied for any reason, even if you've listened to the whole book, you can cancel any time. Now let's move on to the main topic today. This is a quote apparently from Thomas Edison. And, um, it is I haven't failed. I've just found ten thousand ways that won't work, as you may or may not know. I do post probably about five quotes a day on the Facebook page, and I really have no idea how everybody's gonna respond to those quotes uh some of them some of them that I thought that would be super popular ended up not being, and then ones i I didn't think would be very popular end up being super popular. So that's kind of the fun, organic nature of the internet is you don't really know how people are going to uh, to respond to the things you post on there. And one thing I really like about this quote is the the generalized optimism of it, because because of the exaggerated number of times he's failed. And Thomas Edison, obviously a huge inventor, he invented thousands of inventions inventions in his lifetime. Uh, this is a guy who fundamentally understood the value of failure. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today in, in relation to him because, in, in relation to this quote, because failure is something that most people, including myself, don't adapt to very well. And, and there is a group of people who not only have failure in their lives, but disturbingly, and this is a good thing, they they're able to, transform those failures into strengths and that's kind of one of the most difficult things for us to do i think especially early on in our in our adult lives or even in our childhood is embracing the failure i do know that there's a there's a saying a military saying uh, i don't know specifically where, where it originates from but it's called embrace the suck <laughs> which is like basically embracing the pain or the suffering or the failure because this this highly motivated and, and efficient group of people, people like Thomas Edison, who, who were incredibly contributive to society, found a way to live a lifestyle of not only living with failure, but moving beyond the living with and, and turning all those failures into strengths. And And this is something we should all try to aim for because... Because failure is an inevitable part of life, right? We can't escape the reality of that. No matter what we do, there are going to be failure points. One of the greatest basketball players who ever lived, Michael Jordan, uh, embraced this as well. You know, he he actually was able to not only embrace his failures, but he actually utilized his weaknesses as strengths. He, he practiced so much that failure actually became part of his process like he 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 realized that there was like statistically in basketball for example there is a percentage of shots you're just never going to make right it's like when you're shooting you could practice forever and you could become an absolute genius in whatever it is or a master in in the sport and you are just statistically going to miss 50 percent 75 percent of all the shots you take so failure being part of the process of whatever we do is something that that we need to just get into acceptance on. Um, the the 10,000 ways that won't work, I like specifically because it also implies mastery of an individual task. So when you're actually looking at the reality of of whatever it is you're working on, you need to get to the, the point in which you are not giving up on it even though you failed specifically on that task so many times. Because if you don't learn to fail at that task so many times and then just keep at it, then you are kind of doomed to continually not grow through that failure. I like to see uh, one of my favorite charts you can actually look up and i and i kind of wish i had pulled up the picture for the podcast but i guess it doesn't really matter because some people just listen to the podcast but one of my favorite diagrams is like the secret of success and in the diagram you'll see it's like the path of success and it says what people think on the left hand side and they'll show a straight line between um, starting and success they'll just show a straight line so like you just you just go straight to success right that's how that's how it works that's how the people do it right and then so on the left hand side it's it's what people think on the right hand side it's it's like what it actually looks like and then it shows an arrow pointing to a failure and then it like veers to the left and then it shows to another, another arrow veering to the right says failure. And then another arrow veering to the left and it's a failure and another to the right and it's failure. And then eventually after all of these failures, it, it leads to success. And that's far more conducive to reality for almost everybody I've met who, who has been successful in anything is that it's, it's preceded by a collective group of failures that they had the courage to not only see those failures, but learn from them, and then turn those failures into eventual successes. And so this whole this whole idea of failure being part of the process of success is, in my opinion, the actual realistic view of how how the process of becoming successful works. And we take this for granted. Like I, I don't I don't know where the idea of assuming success without failure even comes from. Again, I think that might be just the naivety of youth. We kind of talk about that on the show a lot is when you're younger, you assume everything's just going to come easily and naturally, and, and you're just naturally going to be successful at everything that you do without any effort at all and without ever failing. I, I know I know, uh, my kids fall into this trap every once in a while, especially if they're learning something new. Is it gets incredibly frustrating, you know, when you first start a homework assignment or learning a new a method of, of mathematics or playing a sport, you know, for the first time, unfortunately by nature, we compare, right? So we'll see, we'll see, uh, especially I think this cultural struggles with it because they'll see on the internet or on TV, they'll see somebody who is a master of whatever it is they're trying, they want to do. So they'll see like a master gymnast or a master basketball player or a master ninja warrior or a master singer, and by the time they see it on the internet, they don't see all of the work and failure it took to get to the point of mastery that they, they witness. And by nature, we compare. I think it's just in our psyche. We, we compare to everything. And that's why the internet in general is a dangerous place for a lot of us, including myself. I mean, we just, we can't help it. We compare And if we're not aware of that, if we're not aware that that's what we do, we need to be careful constantly watching people who not only have become masters of specific areas of their life on the Internet, but they've also mastered the ability to edit. Because a lot of people can turn themselves, because of how the Internet works and the nature of editing, they can create an illusion of success with ease and and that's a common selling point. Oh, you know, lose lose 50 pounds, you know, never never exercise at all. And they'll show the before and after picture and they'll show all of the they'll sell you on the idea that that this stuff can be done without the work. Or there'll be people who are just naturally talented and and it'll it'll appear that they were able to accomplish these amazing feats without any work and the problem is is that's the nature of editing right on the internet is you don't you don't see all the work i had this conversation with my daughter who wanted to do a youtube channel and i I have, I have a real early experience with youtube i spent about 10 years doing youtube videos on my craig the tech teacher um portion i've retired it since since then i i think i will return to it at some point but it was tech help videos and when I first got started on that, I made all kinds of mistakes, just like with this wisdom or knowing thing. I, I made all kinds of mistakes. But the the reality of the situation is is the people who are successful on YouTube, they they are immensely disciplined. Like if you look at the people who become successful just in that area. I mean, they do daily content. They spend an immense amount of time working on on their work. It may not seem like work to them because it's something they're passionate about, but it does take an immense amount of work, and they may make a hundred videos, and only one of them is the one you saw. One of them is the one you saw that went viral, and it it did really well. But but you don't see the ninety nine or even a thousand videos they did before that, before anybody even noticed they existed. And and that's funny because we compare ourselves to the best of other people on the internet, and and especially if it's the edited version. Then they'll come on there and they'll brag like, "Oh, it was easy. It was no problem. I I didn't I didn't even try." It's like, well, you. You try it a lot harder than you think. So that's part of the, the thing we got. We just have to accept is that failure is part of the process. A guy like Thomas Edison who contributed, uh, we can't even, it's indescribable how much he contributed to society because he was not only willing to accept failure as part of his experimentation process, but, um, but actually say, okay, I failed, but I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work yet. I'm going to keep at it. I'm going to stick with it. Ooh. And this kind of brings up the point of another thing we we do struggle with culturally. And I understand why I really do um, is we struggle with commitment. And, and I don't mean just in relationships. I mean, we struggle with commitment in everything. And that's also the nature of having too many options. This is a unique problem in history, by the way, like if you go back a hundred years The, not even 100 years, if you go back 10 years, the amount of options people have were extremely limited. And for the first time in history, because we are such a blessed and abundant society, for the most part, we have so many options on things that we can commit ourselves to. So many options that it actually can create a situation of paralysis for actually deciding what to commit to. This was actually a real problem for me even early on when I did Tech Teacher because there's like a million different directions I could go on this. And I had a, a commitment fear because if I if I committed to one subject matter, one topic, sure, I might be extremely effective in that one topic, which may expand my audience and my reach, but then I'm stuck with that topic, right? It's like I'm trapped. Like that's that's the thing with commitment. It's like you're, you you start to think I'm trapped. Then, then I have to do that forever, and it becomes work, and it feels constraining when you commit to something. You know, when you commit to something, though, it, it allows the benefit for a quote like this to really work, right? If you, if you, if you aren't committed to something, then when you start to fail at it, you're just going to give up. So, I mean, you, we do need to make that conscious decision of committing ourselves to whatever it is that we intend. To focus on. And. Part of that commitment. Is. Embracing the failures that are going to come with it. If we. If we get into the habit. I'm not saying that once you commit to something. You're trapped in it forever. You know something. Something like. As silly as a topic on a YouTube channel. But if we get into the habit of giving up. Every time a failure kind of rears its ugly head. Because. You know poor us. We. We failed. Then. Then. We are not going to ever f- enjoy the benefits that come with that commitment, and that's true for relationships as well. I'm I'm, I'm grateful and blessed to say that I've been married for for uh, over a decade at this point. I don't want to say specifically how long because I don't know when you're watching this video, but the the commitment portion of that is. First of all, this co- goes back to the comparing thing. I love how when people see people who are not married see people who've been married for a long time, they just assume that things have gone well that whole duration, and that's why they stayed married. And that's just simply not true. Uh, relationships are incredibly difficult, especially especially in those first seven years. Even statistically, the first seven years are are nightmarish. It's like a roller coaster ride for a lot of married couples. And if you're not one of those. People, consider yourself blessed and lucky. But that that initial seven years, they say, is like the test, right? That's where you you learn all the – that's where the rosy sunglasses come off and you start to really learn who the other person is. You kind of – all the flaws get unpacked. And, and then that's when the commitment stuff becomes incredibly important because you're going to start running up against – the other person making mistakes that hurt you, you making mistakes that hurt them, having to figure out how to com- communicate, and a lot of failure is is intrinsically built into that. Like, there's going to be mm, hundreds of thousands of failures in a relationship on both sides. And then this, if we are in the habit of giving up every time a failure rears its ugly head because it freaks us out or we think, quote unquote, the grass is greener somewhere else, and we reject the commitment portion— then we're setting ourselves up first of all on a lie the lie that because we're married everything should be great all the time that's a lie Uh, there is literally nothing that's great all the time no no job no relationship no no anything there's nothing that's like that so that's the first lie everybody has to just drop like Nothing exists that's perfect. So if if we expect it to be perfect, congratulations. You're gonna you're you're gonna be living in literal hell with that thing. Because you're gonna be perpetually disappointed by it. The secondary issue is that when a real failure, like a like almost an astronomical uh, catastrophic failure does inevitably occur. Because it will occur. There will be an event that occurs in which somebody fails big time. And then and then it's the test, right? That's that's the real test. Are we committed at that point? When things get real. When things get really bad. Are we going to stick with it? Now, I'm not saying you stay in an abusive relationship or anything like that. Of course that's ridiculous. No 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 amount of abuse is ever justified. But there are situations in which you will hurt each other emotionally or make a big mistake or disappoint somebody or break a promise or something like that. You know, and that's a real test of that commitment part, the whole in sickness and in health, maybe somebody gets tragically sick. That's the real test of the of the commitment, you know, um, and that's something we need to be aware of. And so a couple things, like I said, the, we'll start with the do not compare. Don't compare yourself to anybody but yourself ever. This is a lesson I, I think really, I think the person who really finally clinched it for me was David Goggins and Jordan Peterson, these two guys. David Goggins has an, an book. I told you like I told you if you haven't signed up for Audible yet, the go to the org, sign up for Audible. It'll help it'll help the page grow. But also for your first book considering consider getting Can't Help Me, oh, no, sorry, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Warning, there's bad language in it. He's a military guy, so he's pretty aggressive with his language but here's a situation where a guy actually learned to master commitment and also master overcoming the setbacks and then um he also has a huge emphasis on this only comparing yourself to yourself which i think is the only way to compare like the question is, is am i am i better than the person i was a month a day ago a week ago a month ago a year ago Because really, at the end of the day, you're the only person you have control over. And you're the only one who actually fully knows the background. Other people's situations are completely different. The human condition is extremely complex. You cannot realistically compare yourself to other people ever. The only person you can compare yourself to is you. You're the only one who has enough intimate knowledge of yourself to be able to do that, to actually witness that progress. The secondary part of that is making sure that after you've made those commitments, that you do kind of reevaluate them, you know, on a pretty regular basis, sitting down and actually saying, okay, is this something I'm doing a good job on my end committing to? And you obviously can't control other people, whether they're committed or not. And you shouldn't even try. Um, You just need to be honest with other people. That's the only thing you can do is share honesty but making sure that your end of the commitment is being upheld and then reevaluating regularly, you know, deciding after an X number of failures is like, is this something I'm still committed to? And if it's another human, I, I, I of course think there's an obligation to people. If you've made promises and for example, marriage, obviously, There is is an obligation there that you need to to honor because it does matter that you keep your promises. Of course, there are exceptions to abusive relationships and everything. If you're in an abusive relationship, you need to make sure you talk to a psychologist, a therapist, and bring in as many people who are are experts in dealing with that as possible. And the other person I was talking about was Peterson, Jordan Peterson. He's got a book, um, The 12 Rules for Life. It's a pretty pretty important book of only and he the the cornerstone of it is self mastery it's the self improvement portion of our 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 daily lives and we need to make sure that we upheld only our end of that bargain you know like um if you really take the time to commit to improving yourself and the things are immediately around you like how good of a job you do at work how good of a job you do it with your family, how good of a job you do with friends, how good of a job you do with your even your animals or your pets, if you just start tallying up all those responsibilities, you will quickly run out of time. If you commit to those things wholly and, and you handle them well and you do them well, then, then you will find that you have no time left to sit and compare yourself to other people. Because doing something extremely well Requires an immense amount of time and energy. And there's almost always areas of improvement for almost everything that you do. Whether it be your work life or your home life or your relationship life. There's almost always something you can do better than you did yesterday or the week before. And it's really important that we only focus on those things because those are really the things we have control over and i think there's a healthy amount of self esteem that comes from that as well you know when you've actually stuck with something and you you can get the rewards of that intimacy and of that commitment over time as it you, it starts to pay off that fruit so that that's an excellent topic for today i'm glad you guys you guys all brought it up we're going to move into our discussion time and we may not have many comments like i said we're pretty early in the podcast uh the the infancy of the podcast And uh, if you post your comments, plus it's 6 a.m. and it's a Sunday. I mean, like I I talk about on the show pretty regularly, most normal people are not up this early. I'm up this early because it's really the only time I can do this uninterrupted with my other commitments, ironically. So if there's uh, not a whole lot of comments, it's totally fine. We'll just move straight into the devotional time. So let's take a look at the comments here on Facebook. I see Petch Sakwatana. Uh, said they shared that this picture, the uh, I Haven't Failed picture from Thomas Edison. And uh, they said, I love it. Yeah, I love that one too. I, I, I do love the idea that, I love the 10,000 part. <laughs> I found 10,000 ways that won't work. That's That shows that shows commitment, you know? <laughs> 10,000. I don't even know if there's a lot of things in my life that I failed 10,000 times at and still stuck with the problem. Um, but if you look at the history of Edison, then then you'll know that uh that, that commitment he's made he made to it has definitely paid it definitely paid off for him you know he ended up inventing some of the most popular inventions inventions ever uh ever created and i think he's mostly attributed to the to the light bulb but you know historically but that's not that's not all he invented he invented all kinds of things he's got a really interesting life actually if you look up if you look up edison let me pull up some other comments here from other portions of the page. and I have looks like mostly generalized comments here. okay, so we don't have we don't have anything new on the discussion time. totally fine. So we'll go ahead and move straight into the ad spot too. So if you're following on Facebook, make sure you uh, consider subscribing. So the subscription thing on Facebook you could you only have to pay $1 a month or join for $1 a month. It helps support the advertising campaign for the show, helps promote the actual page so that more and more people can uh, can see the videos that are done daily. Um, again, that's $1 four quarters one time a month. I tried to I chose the cheapest option because I didn't want people to feel like they have a huge financial obligation. Uh, my intention is to crowdfund the thing. So The more people we get at the simple $1 a month, it'll cover all the costs and the expansion of the show without the need for breaking the pocketbook. So if you want to subscribe, head over to subscribe.wisdomworthknowing.org, which will bring you to the Facebook page, and then you just click that subscribe button right at the top, and uh, you'll get this super cool subscriber badge, which is right across all the comments you make on the posts, as well as the live chat to podcast. February 13th, 6.42 a.m. It is Sunday, so I am going to try to get some rest today, and you should too. Let's be the best version of ourselves we can today, and as always, do not forget, I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Have a wonderful day, everybody.